Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. You know, it's been two weeks since I preached here. You know, so I'll probably have like three weeks worth of sermons to preach. That's when you're supposed to shout, amen, we're happy, awesome, all that stuff, right? You know, again, let me just remind you. What I want to do when I encourage us to give our hearts in worship is not to get you all to do the same thing. I'm not looking for a homogenous act. I'm looking for a homogenous spirit. Amen? That there's one spirit engaged. Our hearts are engaged with the spirit of God. Our spirit bearing witness with his spirit. Our spirit's being edified. Okay, that's what I'm looking for, okay? And and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, though. I will say to you that some of you are dying to be set free in your spirit. Just telling you. Just telling you. And that will happen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you this morning. I was thinking about this song that was new this week, The Goodness of God. And I, I just felt inspired to speak a message on it. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing when you begin to think about that. How many know we always say God is good? And what do we follow that up with? All the time. God is good. All the time. Right? There is no time that God is not good. There is no moment that God is not good. In your deepest, darkest moments, he's still good. There is no time when God is not be good because there is no time he is not God. Can we know he cannot be not good because he cannot be not God? Let me say that 10 times fast, right? He is good because he is God. He is God because he's God, he is good. Right? And what happens in our world is evil perpetrates things upon the face of the earth, which causes people to question the goodness of God when it's evil that's doing it. How many times have you ever heard, where's God? If God is good, why did this happen? All right? Um, there is no time in which God is not good. God is not good all the time because all the time things are good. God is not good all the time because all the time things are good. How many know things are not all the time good in your life? Anybody had any bad moments? I've had a few. He's still good. He's still God. I want to talk about this goodness of God this morning. And I, and I was praying about it. I thought, God, where, where can I go to kind of show this? And, and so what I'm going to do, I'm going to show it to you in the life of Israel as, uh, in the Bible, as well as parallel it to our lives. Now, go with me, turn your Bibles, get to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. If you're lucky, my voice will wear out before I'm done preaching. But God is the God of the impossible. This is chapter 18 is uh, um, in the history of the life of Israel is they've come out of Egypt in chapter 14. Chapter 15 is the song of Miriam. Chapter 16, you get water from a rock. Chapter 17, the Amalekites are attacking them. And then you get to chapter 18 where Moses is meeting with his father-in-law, Jethro. <clears throat> and I'm going to pick it up with verse 5. Then Jethro, Moses father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was camped at the Mount of God. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship 
that had befallen them on the journey and how the Lord had delivered them. Now listen to me. What is Moses doing right here? Let me stop for a moment. Right here in these couple of verses, Moses is giving testimony to what God has done. How many know he's giving a testimony? How many know this morning you have a testimony? Okay, this side does over here. There's a couple of you do. This section, I'm not sure you do. That section, Tyrone section, you're still working on it. Okay? All right? You all have a testimony. If you are born again this morning, you have a testimony of what God has done in your life. Moses is giving testimony to what God did to Pharaoh and what he did to the Egyptians and what he had done with, for them on the journey thus far. Let me show you what, what testimony will often do. Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel in delivering them from the hand of the Egyptians. You know what testimony does? Testimony encourages others to rejoice over the goodness of God in your life. Come on. When I hear the testimonies of people, it does something in me. When I hear what God has done and God has delivered people from and what God has done in their life and taken them from, taken them to, it causes me to rejoice. I love hearing testimonies. Listen to me this morning. Don't ever allow the devil to silence your testimony. Don't ever allow him to silence your testimony. Yesterday, there was a group working on telling your story. Okay, so then he goes on. Jethro says, Blessed be the Lord who delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of Pharaoh, who delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Watch this. Now I know. Look at the power of testimony. I've never used the scripture as if. So this is all as I'm doing this. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. Do you know your testimony is a revelation to people of the power of God? Do you know this morning that you who have overcome drugs and alcohol by, the, by, by God's power, you are a testimony that God is greater than drugs or alcohol? And I can go on with a lot of other things, right? It's a testimony to others that others say, now I know I have a revelation of who God is. Indeed, it was proven when they dealt proudly against the people. Then Jethro Moses' father-in-law, guess what happens? He becomes a worshiper of God. Took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law before God. Jethro was not a priest of Israel. He was a priest of Midian. And how many know he became a believer in the God of Israel at this moment in time? But we'll go on. We'll, we'll preach that message another day, okay? You say, please do, because it's going to be a long one we can tell. Talk about this. This goodness, the goodness of God in my life, the goodness of God in your life. And I'm not going to talk this morning about trying to measure it with something tangible, trying to measure it with things, trying to measure it with stuff. Because I don't think that's the proper way that we measure the goodness of God. Yeah, I know about his blessings. I have experienced his blessings. But I'm talking about his goodness. And so this song that we sang, it talks about I will sing of his goodness or something like that. You know how I am with songs and titles. And so the first thing I want us to understand this morning is for you and I, that I think there's a starting point to sing about his goodness, to declare his goodness, talk about his goodness. Is that I would say this, I would say this morning, that I will sing of his goodness in creating me. How many of you believe this morning you were created by God? I mean, do you, do you really believe that down in your heart? Do you really sincerely believe that? You, you see, I want to remind you of a scripture. Let me remind you of this scripture from Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness 
and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You understand this morning that you have been made in the image of the goodness of God. It's a fact that you were created in his image, his likeness. Do you know this morning his breath is in your lungs? It's more than a song, folks. It's more than a song. His breath is in your lungs. His breath, his spirit in my life, his image, his blessing, his likeness. You see, we must go back to the beginning and say, wait a minute. Do I believe that I am a creation of God? Let me, let me tell you what he told um, the prophet Jeremiah. He said this to the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Before, before you were born, I knew you. I love that thought and that image that my God knew me before I ever came on the face of the earth. That I was a, uh, how many of you know that if you're a creative person, maybe you're an artist this morning, maybe you're a songwriter, maybe you're somebody that can create something. How many of you know before it exists in reality, it first existed in your mind? Do you know Jeremiah existed here in the mind of God before he existed on the face of the earth? Do you know this morning that you existed here first before you existed on the face of the earth? I, I want you to understand this morning that, that there is a place in our life where we've got to come to this revelation that I sing of his goodness in creating me. You see, Israel that I'm talking about, the nation, Israel was a sovereign act of God. How many know there was no Israel until God decided there would be an Israel? He started Israel through the man Abraham, the Hebrews, who had a son named Isaac, who then had two sons, Jacob and Esau. How many know Jacob became Israel? Genesis chapter 32, where God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, who had 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. That Israel was a sovereign act of God. That he created them in his goodness to display his goodness. Israel was to be a light unto the nations to show the goodness of God. Now, stick with me. Just stick with me this morning. We're going on a journey. King David said what? He said, you alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. You know what? I am amazing. At least I was in my mother's womb. All right? <laughs> it kind of faded when I got born. But anyhow, all right? Your works are miraculous. And my soul is fully aware of this. Like, listen to King David. You created me. You knit me together. Abortion is coming against that. That. Okay? I'm amazing and miraculously made. Let me ask you a question this morning. You got to come to a decision. I think some of us got to come to a choice and decision this morning. This is it. You're going to have to decide whether you're a divine act or a human accident. Some of you have lived as a human accident and not a divine act of God. Some of you think that you were an accident on the face of the earth. You were an accident because mom and dad hooked up when they shouldn't have hooked up, whatever else you want to say. No, 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 no. I say to you this morning that you are a divine act of a holy God. Because, listen to me, if not, then the scripture's a lie. 
it makes a difference on how you view the foundation of your life. Either I'm an act of God. That doesn't justify if you, <laughs> it doesn't justify if you're conceived in sin and all that stuff you want to talk about. I'm talking about you who were created and put on the face of the earth by God. Knit together in your mother's womb. Fearfully and wonderfully made. An amazing, miraculous work of God. I don't know about you, but it kind of heightens who I am. Awful quiet in here this morning. Must have sang you out. What are you this morning? I'm asking you. Have you viewed your life as an act of God or an accident? I will promise you there are people in this house this morning that have viewed their life as an accident of humanity. Because somebody has told you that. And somebody has told you they didn't want you. And somebody has told you you were an accident. And I say to you this morning, I don't care how you were conceived. God created you. You're going to have to decide whether you're a plan of man or a plan of God. Hmm? Makes a difference. Because now I sing about his goodness in creating me. You, you were created by the goodness of God in the goodness of God to display the goodness of God. I think I need to get somebody give me some caffeine. I can drink caffeine and go to bed. Listen to me. Get this deep in your spirit. You were created by God. And you were created by God out of the goodness of God in order to display the goodness of God. Oh, there's been an assault on that. We'll talk about that in a moment. All right? I would suggest this morning that you begin to revel in the goodness of God over your creation. That you begin to see yourself and sing of the goodness of God who created you, formed you, shaped you. It'll cause some of you to smile and laugh and be nice. Tolerate me. You're the goodness of God. I, I sing this morning. Now watch what happens. Yet I was created and humanity was created. And humanity was created in garden. And in that garden, the serpent came. And how many know when the serpent came, how many know we were sold as slaves to sin? But then when you look at the nation of Israel, God had created them to be the display of his goodness. Then they end up in Egypt for 430 years, captive, oppressed. You see, now I begin to sing of the goodness of God, sing of his goodness in delivering me. If you're born again this morning, it's because he delivered you. It's because you were delivered from sin. You were delivered from the, the, the power of the enemy. You were delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You were delivered this morning. If you have nothing else to sing about this morning, you can sing about the goodness of being delivered from sin by Jesus. If nothing else. You see, the goodness of God that created you, the goodness of God that created you is the goodness of the God that will deliver you. Moses told him about what God had done to Pharaoh, about what God had done to the Egyptian. Pharaoh came against the goodness of God in Israel. He wanted to destroy them, oppress them, use them as a slave force. Pharaoh attacked the good plan of God for Israel. Do you know this morning that the enemy has attacked the good plan of God for your life? Hmm? Pharaoh oppressed them. Pharaoh possessed them. Pharaoh had them captive and enslaved. He made them slaves. They were hard-pressed. 
But God, in his goodness, delivered Israel by the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, by all the plagues which were judgment against Pharaoh, by parting the Red Sea, he delivered them. He delivered them from the hand of evil. He struck a death blow against their enemy. He made a way where there was no way. He brought Israel out of the land of bondage. This morning, is anybody in this house singing about the goodness of being delivered? Can you sing about the goodness of God of being delivered from sin? Can you sing about his delivering power this morning from the hand of Satan? That he disarmed principalities, that he disarmed authorities, that he took the law that said you deserve to die and now says you have life. I will sing of his goodness in sustaining me. You know, it's one thing to be brought out of Egypt. It's another thing to be sustained on the journey. I often say this about right, the right school. Buying it was the easy part. <laughs> that was the easy part. Sustaining it, that's the challenging part. How many of you know <laughs> making the baby is easy and fun? Sustaining the baby's work. Can I get an amen from some parents in the house? Like, it's okay. I'd say that I, I was talking about sex. It's okay. It was God's idea. All right? I just want you to understand that when I say the word sex in church, it's okay. It was his idea. And he said it was good. It is a spiritual act, not a physical act. Ask Paul. Read the Bible. That's right. I'm really going to get you uncomfortable today. But one thing when he led them out of Egypt, but now they got to live. Right? You see... Here's, here's what happens. The goodness of God that delivers me from my enemy also provides for me in the wilderness. What did my God do? For me? You know, when you look at this, there are a number of things that happen between chapter 14 and chapter 18 where we are in the book of Exodus, all right? First of all, I want to tell you this. The first thing that God did for them was he came to a place called Marah where the water was bitter, but the goodness of God turned the bitter water to sweet water. Anybody in here this morning ever drank any bitter water? Anybody ever had any bitter water in your life? Anybody ever had something that was just bitter, tasted like vinegar, tasted like salt water? Any bad experiences, anything that happened to you? Anybody ever drank any bitter water this morning? Let me tell you about my God. He can take what God meant, what the enemy meant for bitter, and he can turn it to sweet. There's been times in my life where I've had to drink the bitterness of something. But my God, my God, somehow brings something good out of it. My God somehow makes it sweet somehow. It's not that he ordained it, it's not that he planned it, but he still can make something sweet out of it. My God, the goodness of God, provides places of refreshing when I'm weary. The Bible says they came out, and then they came, and they had the waters of Mara where he turned them sweet. But then they came to a place called Elam, where there was 12 springs, and there was palm trees, and there was dates, and it was a place of refreshing from their weariness of slavery. There was a place of refreshing in their weariness in the journey. Have you ever been tired, church? Have you ever been weary and well-doing, church? Have you ever been weary in the journey? There's a place called Elam that he provides. There are times of refreshing where he speaks to you. There's times where his spirit, and I would say to you this morning that some of you need that this week. Some of you need this week, and Elam can only be found on the journey. There's a place of refreshing. 
There's a place where his spirit will renew you. There's a place where his spirit will refresh you, quicken you. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? The goodness of God gives me food from heaven as I walk this earth. They, they, they had been provided as slaves for hundreds of years, the food that they would eat. But that food was to empower them in their slavery. How many know the enemy is always willing to feed you, to keep you enslaved? Ooh. How many know he's always willing to give you something good to eat so that he can empower you to stay his slave? Think about it. Some of what you think is good in your life is nothing but that which is from the enemy to keep you enslaved. They ate, remember that? Remember when they were away, they began to remember the leeks and the onions and the cucumbers and the meat. Oh man, let's go back to Egypt. The food was so good. The goodness of God gives me food from heaven. They, they come out, they have no food. They're complaining to Moses, we don't have no food. God provides manna from heaven, the bread that came down from heaven. God gives them quail from heaven. That every day they had food to eat as they walked this journey. Do you understand this morning that the goodness of God provides for me every day? The goodness of God provides for you every day. The goodness of God gives me water in a dry and thirsty land. They got no water. God says, we don't got no water, no problem. Speak to that rock. Hello. There's times in our life where we have dry times. Anybody ever had dry times? Anybody been, ever been in a dry and thirsty land in your heart, in your spirit, in your life? I'm going to tell you something. He's the God who will give you water in dry times. The goodness of God gives me victory over my enemy. They're coming out of Egypt. They're tired. They're weary. The Bible says in chapter 17 that the young and the old were at the rear of the army. The Bible says that Amal the Amalekites began to attack them. And this is, the, this is that story where Moses goes up and he sits on a rock and Aaron and Hur raise his hands so they, as long as his hands were raised, they would give a, a, a battle, a victory. Do you understand this morning that, you, that God sustains you, his goodness sustains you, and that he gives you a victory on a daily basis from that which pursues you, the enemy who pursues you. You see, I can think about his goodness in sustaining me because why? He gives me, he, he gives me, uh, he turns the bitter things sweet. He gives me places of refreshing. He gives me food from heaven. He provides me on a daily basis. He, he gives me victory this morning. Come on, church. He sustains you from his goodness. That's what he does. I can sing of his goodness. I sing of his goodness in being faithful even when I'm unfaithful. <laughs> Anybody ever been unfaithful when he's been faithful? I don't know. Some of you perfect people need to preach this message. It's hard to preach to perfect people, I gotta tell you. When I'm unfaithful, he is still faithful. You think about this and you begin to look at this. If you look at the cover to cover of scripture, anybody ever here ever had a moment of, ever ever had a moment of doubt? Anybody ever had a moment of indecision? A moment of fear, a moment of sin. A, a moment of disobedience. I mean, I, I don't know. If nobody's here like that, we can just go. You see, I, I look in the scripture and I get encouraged because I see there's people in the Bible like me. <laughs> I 
that he's faithful in spite of my unfaithfulness. There's times in my life, there's times in my life when you begin to look at the scripture and you, and you look at an Adam and Eve in the garden that God has been so faithful to and what do they do? We want, to, we want that fruit. How many know they were unfaithful? And yet God said, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to give you eventually the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. How many know he's faithful even when we're unfaithful? And when you look into the scripture and you see a David who sinned and the goodness of God restored him. When you look in the scripture and you see a guy, a nation of Israel who disobeyed him and God of God's goodness, he would judge and he would restore. And God's goodness would come in the form of rebuke. How many know a rebuke is God's goodness? How many know God's discipline is God's goodness? Where he would rebuke and he would discipline. How many know the Bible says to not despise the Lord's discipline. It comes in form of restoration. Peter denied he ever knew him. How many know that's being unfaithful? Hmm? Peter, you're going to deny you ever knew me. Nah, you're crazy. Peter, I'm telling you, you're going to deny me. Nah, you're crazy. And he denied him. And yet, Jesus was still faithful to him. God's goodness disciplines me in my sin, but doesn't destroy me in my sin. Aren't you glad for that? There, there are times when that, that evil that lurks within you. Now, I know that none of you have any of that. That wickedness that lurks within you, that wants to rear its head. Some of you are saying, Pastor, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about that. Interesting. We were doing a study on Wednesday night about the kingdom of God and talking about Forgiveness. There was the man who was forgiven 10,000 talents by the king, who went then left the king's presence, found the guy who owed him 100 talents, choked him and threw him into prison. Hmm. He would not forgive him the debt. You know what the king said? What God said? You wicked servant. How many know unforgiveness is viewed as um, wickedness in the eyes of the king? In the eyes of God, unforgiveness is wickedness. So maybe you're sitting here this morning thinking you got it all made. Maybe there's somebody you haven't forgiven. There's wickedness inside of you. All I'm saying this morning is, how many know, all of us got some junk in us. Anybody got any junk in you this morning? All right, any of you breathing? Like, we got junk in us. And that junk will rear its head, won't it? David, the man after God's own heart. I want her. I'm going to sleep with her. She got pregnant. I'm going to kill her husband. That's evil. And yet God rebuked him, disciplined him, judged it, and restored him. How many know he's faithful even when we're unfaithful? He was faithful to Israel in the midst of their unfaithfulness. He's good even when I'm not. <laughs> he's good even when I'm not. I will sing of his goodness because my future is good. God had a future for humanity. Therefore, he promised a seed to crush the head of the serpent. When Adam and Eve, it's so cool. God creates Adam and Eve, humanity in the garden. He puts them there. He has a plan for them. Sin disrupts that plan 
And God says, no, no, i got a future for you. I'm not done with you, and I'm going to make a way. Because he had a future, he provided the one that would crush the head of the serpent. Humanity had a future, therefore he raised a man named Noah. Because I mean, the world was wicked, and God was grieved in his heart that he created it. And yet, the Bible says what? He found Noah. And Noah would save the world. Do you know you're here today because of Noah? Hmm? Because of God used a man named Noah. God had a future plan, so he created a people from a man named Abraham. How many know Jesus came through Israel? That seed. God had a plan, so he sent his son Jesus. You see, you have a future, folks. My goodness of God, I, I, the goodness of God isn't just steeped in the past. It's not just steeped in the present, but it's also I sing about the future. Because God had a good future, he will always reveal his goodness in the present. Why do you grieve differently when you lose a loved one and they knew the Lord? And you know the Lord. Why do you grieve differently? than the world as men without hope. Why do you grieve them? Because you believe there's a future. You believe there is a resurrection. You believe there is a second coming. And the dead in Christ are gonna be raised to life. You believe that, do you not? Does it not change how you sing about his goodness in the future? You see, this goodness of God I, I begin to think about this in, in, in these terms. You see, in the life of Israel, they could sing about his creation. And they could sing about how God delivered them and how God sustained them. And they could sing about his faithfulness even when they were unfaithful. And they could sing about their future. You see, this morning, I want you to begin to think of something. The goodness of God cannot be measured by the goodness of my life. If you can only, if you only equate God's goodness with the goodness of your life, how many of the goodness of God has just become diminished in your eyes? Good things happen. We say God is good. Bad things happen. God is still good. The, the goodness of God cannot be merely measured by the goodness of my life because there are times when my life isn't good, but his goodness still is. We have a tendency to do this with our God. God's good. Things are good. God's good. Oh, God hates me. God's not good. You think, Pastor, I've heard people say that. The goodness of God cannot be merely measured by what I have for those who do not have what I have. I, I, listen to me. If Bob, see, see, I drive a 2009 Mercedes with 211,000 miles on it. Bob drives a 2016 Corvette. ZR6. ZR6. ZR6? Yeah, that thing. You ought to see six foot eight getting in a Corvette. Okay? It's a long way down. 
Bob doesn't move fast to begin with. Timber. And quite frankly, I lust over his car every once in a while. But if the goodness of God was measured by what we have in our life, then I'm going to look at Bob and say, God is more good to Bob than me. But that's not true. But that's not true. That's not true at all. If, if the goodness of God is dictated by geography, then God is more good to us than he was that gentleman who was here for last week from Pakistan. I don't want to go to a place where, children, where parents are carrying half a child down the street because they were blown up at church. You see, we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to understand, wait a minute. What does the goodness of God look like truly? Yes, I understand about the blessings. There's blessings in my life that come from God. I got a nice house. I got a 2009, not a Corvette, but anyhow, you know. I got stuff that God has blessed me with. We got dogs that came from the devil. But anyhow. <laughs> See, his goodness cannot be measured by what I have. The goodness of God, we, we don't sing of the goodness of God because of demographics, geographics, or economics. That was never the basis for the goodness of God. We sing of the goodness of God through all that we hold in common. Every one of us in here can say God is good. Every one of us can say God is good. And the reason we can say that God is good is because we all have things in common. You see, understand something this morning. The goodness of God we all have in common his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You see, some of you have smaller houses, some of you have bigger houses, some of you don't have a house, some of you rent, some of you this, some of you have cars, some of you don't, some of you have a good marriage, some of you don't. It doesn't matter, God is still good and we have it in common. You, you see, I, I, I gotta remind you that the goodness of God I sing about this morning isn't the condition of my life, it is the position of my God. Okay, the goodness of God we all have in common is Jesus and what he has done for us. There is not one drop of blood shed more for Pastor John than me. Not one. He's good. How can a collective body of people come into a house like this where there's hundreds of people that can sing with one collective voice, he is good because of what we all share in common. And what we all share in common is what Jesus did. In Jesus, come on, I mean, I talked to you about that we rejoice and we, we sing about the goodness of God in creating us. Come on, church. In Jesus, we are born again from above in the goodness of God. Come on, I have been born again. I got a second start. I got a second chance because of what Jesus did. You want to sing about the goodness of God? You sing about the goodness of God in that you are born again. Now, how have you been born again? In the image of Jesus. In the image of God, he is good. In Jesus, I have been delivered from Satan's kingdom. Come on, Troy, let's give him some hope. Why were you in the office when I said, come on, Troy? Why were you not sitting out here listening to me preach? Like, are you above my preaching or what? Don't you love to be Troy? 
Church, when we hear about, we sing about his goodness, all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of range of emotions in this house this morning. Well, yeah, they can sing about the goodness of God because look how good his life is. Well, he's the pastor. You think that's good? You ought to deal with some of you. Anyhow, just kidding. <laughs> Listen to me, I only have fun with that. I don't want to complain about the church. Well, they, oh, they can sing. I've seen their house. I've seen their cars. I, their checkbook is probably this big. They can sing because they didn't lose their son this week. They didn't lose their daughter. They didn't lose their husband. They didn't lose their wife. They don't have somebody in cancer. They don't have somebody. Mm-mm. Still good. Tim could be up here belly aching and whining because he don't have a license. Trust me, the world is a safer place. It would kill me to go through what he's gone through. But I gotta tell you, he's done well with it. Yeah. Right? In, I can sing of his goodness because we've been born anew. I, in Jesus, we've been delivered from Satan's kingdom. Transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The same thing that God did for Israel, he does for us individually. In Jesus, I have all I need to sustain me on my journey. He provides me for me on a daily basis. He gives me water and dry land. He gives me needs when I needed my, myself sustained. He gives me refreshing when I need refreshed. He sustains me in the journey. In Jesus, God is faithful to me, even when I'm unfaithful to him. And in Jesus, my future is good. Come on. In Jesus, my future is good. I ever heard the kids over there. Must be pretty ruckus this morning over there. I'm going over there and hang out with them. Our hope isn't only in this world, is it? No. Our hope isn't in this world. Our hope is a city whose architect and builder was God. Our hope is where our citizenship is, which is in heaven. Our future is secure. Jesus is the goodness of God befallen to all men, regardless of geographics, demographics, or even economics. He's good. Today, we sing of the goodness of God, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus equal across the board, equal for all men, equal for male or female, equal for rich or poor, equal for black or white, equal this morning, no matter where you come from, equal this morning, no matter what nation, his goodness is what he did in Christ, is what he did in and through Christ. He is good. He is good. So let me ask you a question, and I'll be done. My screen says I have three minutes and 53 seconds left. How many know I don't really care what that screen says? What is it that has defined the goodness of God in your life? How many times have you 
perhaps question his goodness when things in your life have happened. Question his goodness when sickness or death has happened. Question his goodness when calamity is here. Question his goodness when economic things have hit your life. Question his goodness when you see the things in the world. When you begin to look around you and you begin to question his goodness, I would suggest this morning that you take your eyes off the things around you and you put them on Jesus. Because it's in Jesus where all the goodness of God dwelt and all the goodness of God was put on display in our lives. And that we would become like Moses who would give forth a testimony of Israel that caused Jethro to say, that's the God I'm going to serve. That's the God I'm going to worship. That's the God I now know is greater than any other God. Oh, church, do you see what happens when it happens? Father, you're good. You're good. Your goodness chases us, follows after us. Let us be reminded this morning how it is and why it is we can sing about the goodness of God. And it's because of everything that came and everything that was done through your son Jesus. Thank you that we're born again. Thank you that you delivered us from darkness. Thank you that you sustain us in our daily life. Thank you that you put your spirit of God inside of us. Thank you that you provide food in, the, uh, uh, in this world. Thank you that you give me refreshing in times of dryness. Thank you, God, that you give me water from a rock. Thank you, God, that you do all the things that you do for me. Thank you, God, that we can focus on a future that is secure. And this day we say we will sing of your goodness not based upon circumstances, not based upon geographics, not based upon economy, not based upon status, not based upon race, not based upon situational uh, positions, but we sing of your goodness in Christ Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. come on church, stand up with me, let's sing.